So new business is something that's occurred that could not have been foreseen or otherwise anticipated that happened after the agenda was posted and prior to the meeting. That's going to be pretty rare. You're listening to OMAG All Access, a podcast about all things affecting municipalities in Oklahoma. Hosted by OMAG General Counsel, Susie Paulson. Hello, everyone, and we're back with OMAG All Access. And today we're going to be talking with Bill Taggett, the Director of Risk Management, and Jeff Bryant, one of the attorneys here at OMAG. Um, and we're going to be talking about agendas and why they're important to running a good city council meeting. So who wants to start? Bill, do you want to talk about your thoughts on, on agendas and why they're important to a meeting, to running a good meeting? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we do the OMAG recognition program, which is a four-step program that helps train elected officials throughout the state on uh, key operations, 10 key operations of of municipal government. One of those is how to have good meetings. And the framework, the basis of a good meeting is the agenda. And so as we've gone throughout the state, we've seen all manner of different kinds of agenda preparation. And um, if you don't have a good agenda and you don't have a good framework, you're not gonna have a good meeting And so, uh, in addition to going over just some of the basics of the law that requires agendas and postings and those kinds of things, I think what we want to look at is how can the agenda make your meeting a more business-like meeting, provide the framework and the structure that you need to accomplish the goals of the community. So, Jeff, uh, why don't you take us through the legal requirements on posting and different types of meetings that are out there? Sure. I appreciate you inviting me uh, to be part of this uh, discussion. You know, um, agendas, uh, I guess it really does make sense first to talk about what is the legal requirement of how those need to be uh, constructed, uh, how they need to be made available. Of course, agendas in any type of municipality are going to be governed by the Oklahoma Open Meeting Act. So, you know, all meetings with cities have got to be open. And the key behind that is to make sure that the public has a chance to be informed of what the public's business is going to be and that they'll be able to come and and uh, be able to observe uh, their government in action. And so first off, regular meetings, uh, once those are determined, really should be posted on an annual basis that sets the time, place, and uh, location of where those regular meetings are going to occur. And so that normally happens in December, where they do one posting that kind of lines that out. So uh, those citizens that want to come and observe their government in action then can know when to show up. So Jeff, in December, when the the governing body sets their regular scheduled meeting calendar for the following year, are you required to submit that uh, schedule of meetings to anyone outside the city? Uh, yes, uh, when you read that, it, it uh, says it should be submitted to the uh, Secretary of State, and I think that also be, needs to be su- submitted in the county and where your city is located. But uh, mostly uh, posted in a prominent place so that your uh, citizens uh, can come and know when those meetings are going to occur. And so you have regular scheduled meetings. So after you set your calendar for the year, um, what's the posting requirements for just a regular meeting? Uh, well, uh, since it's already posted, 
you can amend your agenda uh, anytime, 24 hours before you have the meeting. But normally the the uh, meeting should also be posted. Uh, the agenda for the meeting should be posted in a conspicuous place uh, at least 48 hours before the meeting. Now, what does 48 hours mean? Is that uh, does that is that interrupted by holidays or weekend days? Yeah, it needs to be regular business uh, days. You don't get to count holidays. You don't get to count weekends. So you have regular meetings, and then you have special meetings. Uh, what's the requirements on a special meeting? Yeah, special meetings. Uh, again, the idea here is to make sure that the uh, citizens have a chance to come in and observe their government action. So a special meeting, a meeting that's not has not been posted uh, to occur on a regular basis throughout the year, is uh, one that needs to be posted at, at least 48 hours uh, before the meeting. And so you post that 48 hours before the meeting, and then uh, you can still amend your agenda 24 hours before, but it's got to be posted at least 48 hours. And I guess the third kind of meeting, other than regular and special, would be an emergency. So can you talk to us about that? Yeah, the emergency meeting, the Open Meeting Act, does provide for that. It it does not require an advanced posting, and uh, that really is just due to the nature of the type of meeting. But the Open Meeting Act is fairly specific about what the that type of meeting uh, uh, needs to be about for it to qualify as an emergency meeting. I mean, anytime you have a situation where if the city is not able to act, that it would uh, create some type of uh, uh, property damage, uh, personal injury, or immediate financial loss, uh, then uh, those are the types of things that will qualify for an emergency meeting. Even though you don't have to post the meeting, once you have the meeting, the, the minutes of the meeting should reflect what is what were the facts that supported uh, you being able to have that emergency meeting. So you have to put in the record, you know, what is the um, uh, bodily injury, property damage, or the, the immediate financial loss that the city would be subject to had they not been able to act without posting. Jeff, before we went on the air, we were talking about Sand Springs and the city of Norman and how they've acted proactively um, on those three areas, uh, financial, property, and personal injury um, in advance so that you don't have to have the governing body come together and staff's already empowered to take action. Can you talk to us about that? Sure. That, and, and really, what better place in the state of Oklahoma than to think about that? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times there are things that happen, natural disasters, for example, uh, ice storms, uh, tornadoes, floods, what have you. Uh, those types of things, when they hit a city, then, you know, sometimes it's not very practical, uh, really, to post 48 hours before you need to swing into action. And so, um, what some cities have done, you mentioned Sand Springs, and uh, when I worked at the city of Norman, they had done this also. They had uh, taken proactive steps ahead of time to identify contractors that uh, would be able to come in uh, already on a pre-bid basis uh, to come in and react to clear lens and damage from ice storms or to be able to clear debris in the event of a tornado and that type of thing. So all of that was already uh, bid. Uh, it was submitted to council. Those bids were accepted and those contractors were in place so they were ready to go should that uh, natural disaster occur. 
uh, a great way to approach it to make sure your city is ready to react. And as we record this, last spring, uh, we just really had terrible flooding, in, especially in northeast Oklahoma. Uh, lots of uh, pumps and uh, infrastructure for the city of Sand Springs and Sepulchre was underwater, probably for the city of Tulsa as well. And because they had proactively taken those steps to authorize staff to be able to act, there was no waiting to get the governing body together. So it's really something that can be done and should be done in advance. Well, and I'll, I'll mention too that what an emergency is not is an HR issue. It's not a routine purchasing issue. Um, it's not put on to approve a claim or a hotel bill for someone who's had a sewer backup. Um, all, all calls that we get all the time and because elected officials don't, always understand the types of meetings they can have what goes into it they you know they want to have an emergency meeting for one of those things so i think those are really great examples of, of when an emergency meeting is uh warranted yeah is i warranted. totally agree there because uh in fact we usually tell people on that is uh pause for a minute and just think if i waited 48 hours if I waited 48 hours so that we could post it, so that our citizens could come to these meetings if they wanted to, would the property damage, would the injury, would the financial emergency occur within that 48 hour period? And more times than not, uh, there's more than 48 hours for you to be able to react. And so you should always lean more towards posting at a minimum, the special meeting, uh, keep yourself out of trouble. That'd be our advice. So, um, can you have new business as an agenda item on a special meeting? Uh, you can put new business on there, uh, but the definition of new business normally is something that uh, would not otherwise have been anticipated that could have occurred. And so, uh, the likelihood of something just coming up at the last minute uh, within the 48 hour, or actually within a 24 hour period that you could actually amend your agenda is uh, not very likely to occur. So it's very unusual to have new business that would come up in a meeting. OMAG All Access would like to thank you for listening to this podcast. For your time, we would like to offer you the chance to win a pair of OMAG All Access Bluetooth headphones. To enter, all you have to do is head to www.omag.org forward slash all access and click on the corresponding image at the top of the screen. The password for each episode will change, so make sure you are always up to date on the newest episode of OMAG All Access by subscribing with your favorite podcast app. The password for this episode is Agenda. Follow the directions on the giveaway page and you will be entered. Good luck. So new business is something that's occurred that could not have been foreseen or otherwise anticipated that happened after the agenda was posted. And prior to the meeting. That's going to be pretty rare. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, and, that, and of course, we've seen this happen multiple times. They put new business on and they start talking about things that could have been posted 24 or 48 hours before. And um, that's just not sufficient notice to the public, like Jeff was talking about, so that they can be there and, and chime in and hear what the, what the council's decisions are on that. 
That's exactly right. So on the agenda, the, the uh, agenda items are supposed to be written in such a way that an average person can understand what's either going to be discussed or considered for action at the meeting. And so you need to keep that in mind while you're writing your agenda items. And um, as a framework for an effective business meeting, because actually uh, city council people, aldermen, uh, town trustees, they're members of a municipal governing body, a municipal corporation. They're a board of directors. That's really what they are. That's and right. in essence, as a board of directors of a municipal corporation, they have the same duties that the board of directors of a private corporation have. Duty of care, obedience, and loyalty. And so if you write the agenda item to where the public can understand it, that means the elected person can understand it as well. And so while they're doing their duty of care, which means they're reading their agenda item packet, they're understanding the material before they come to the meeting, uh, you're aiding not only the public, but you're aiding the, the, the man or the woman who's serving on your governing body um, as well. Uh, effective agendas should have a consent agenda. Uh, and a consent agenda are, is made up of things that are routine in nature and can be disposed of uh, with one motion and one vote. And we see a lot of times uh, when we go to these meetings, there's four or five, six items on a consent agenda and they vote on them individually. That's not the purpose of a consent agenda. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I know uh, it's not unusual, at least in Norman, uh, that the bulk of the agenda was on consent because, they, again, they were routine items. The agendas were written in such a way that uh, they had a sufficient description of what that item might be. So, as you said, Bill, not, not only would the elected officials be able to grasp what the topic was, but citizens that might be looking at the agenda could look at it and say, well, this is something I want to come here about or this is something I don't want to hear about. You have to have enough description in it. But, you know, if it's routine enough with all the support material that's provided, uh, a lot of times uh, the large uh, portion of the business that was going to be done on a particular council meeting wouldn't end up fitting on consent. Now, you know, Norman also had a mechanism that if something landed on the consent item and, say, a council member got a call from a constituent who said, uh, you know, I, don't, I think I want some more than... That just that being on consent, I'd like to have some discussion about that at the meeting, then any council member had the, the ability to say, uh, let's take that item off consent so we could actually talk about it. But yeah, the idea is to, to get rid of or, or to be able to vote on or take care of those routine matters that uh, could be agreed upon unanimously. Uh, when you vote on the consent item, it's, used, it's uh, normally a requirement that it be a unanimous vote by uh, all of the council members. And then uh, you can go on to business that requires a little bit more discussion. A couple of other things that we've seen as we've gone throughout the state doing the recognition training, and I would encourage people to look in the show notes and go to omag.org to look at our recognition program, is that uh, depending on your former government, and the most popular form of government in our state, of course, is a town trustee form of government. But even that form of government can have a town administrator. But in a strong mayor, automatic or a weak mayor, council manager or town board that has an administrator, 
your agenda really shouldn't have administrative issues on the agenda. You should delegate those administrative duties to staff and your governing body should spend its time on governing body issues. What we tell people in the recognition training is that you have three resources, time, money, and people. And the only time you have as a board of directors for a municipal corporation is when you have a quorum, you only have a properly posted agenda that meets the open meeting requirements. Um, and then you have the time to spend on the issues of the organization. And if you're dealing with administrative issues, what color lawnmower we're going to buy, what brand of pickup truck we're going to purchase, those are all administrative in nature. You should do only the things that the governing body can do. And you should delegate everything else that's administrative to the staff. What we say in our training is that your job as an elected person is really threefold. Set a strategic direction for the organization, adopt policies that help staff take you there, and monitor results. I think there's some, um, some unspoken pushback sometimes about if we don't decide what color lawnmower we're going to buy, what are we going to do? Every agenda should have something on it. Every agenda should have something on it about tomorrow. But as we go around the state, we see agendas are only focused on today. We're going to pay bills, or we're going to do routine matters. But if you're going to set a strategic direction for the organization, the community that you are representing, you have to have something on the agenda about tomorrow. The example we give as we go around the state is the city of Coweta. They had a terrible entrance to their town. A state highway ran under a railroad overpass. The overpass was derelict and needed to be replaced. The state highway was uh, not in great repair and the city of Coweta had absolutely no authority over either one of those things, the state highway or the railroad. And they said, how are we going to fix this? And they did something radical. The mayor and the, and the city manager and the council put on an agenda item for every agenda to fix the entrance to the town. And so that agenda item was on every agenda for 10 years. And at the end of 10 years, they had a brand new railroad overpass and brand new state highway. Now, just because it was on there for 10 years didn't guarantee they would succeed, but if they had quit in year six, they would have guaranteed they wouldn't have succeeded. Your agenda as a board of directors of a municipal corporation has to have something about tomorrow on it, not just something about today. Yeah, I totally agree uh, with that, Bill. I mean, visioning by the policy-making body is absolutely critical. Um, you know, most elected officials for cities and towns, uh, they pretty much serve on a volunteer basis. They're serving their volunteer time. And so uh, for them to get bogged down into some of the day-to-day -day matters, such as uh, what color lawnmower or you know how many fence posts do we buy and that type of thing, is a, really a disservice to those elected officials that have already volunteered their time. I mean, they they should uh, should uh, be able to be in a position where they can help set a vision for the town, and then go after that vision, and then leave some of those details uh, to the uh, paid staff. 
you know, Susie, uh, one of the real danger points at a public meeting is when they're going to deal with personnel issues. Um, you know, in, a, in some forms of government, a town trustee form of government, they may directly be involved in that. But in other forms of government, they probably aren't. And so they really need to have wise counsel from their city attorney on how to construct an agenda item if they're required to be involved in personnel issues. Yeah, certainly. And, you know, always always an executive session if that's necessary and, and be, you know, speci- make sure you use the correct uh, provision of the executive session, the Open Meeting Act executive session. I don't know what that is off the top of my head, but, you know, be pretty specific. And, and one of the questions we get a lot is, do I have to put the employee's name on there? Well, you do, unless there's only one of those employees. So say it's the police chief. So we're going right. to enter into executive session to discuss the police chief's contract or employment. Well, everybody knows who the police chief is. So right. again, we go back to that purpose. Are you giving the public enough information to know what's going on, to know what you're going to be discussing? So there's really no way around it. But if you're, you know, in, in, in a town form of government where the board makes those decisions, if they don't, if they haven't delegated that to a town administrator or such, um, and, you know, it's just a, a, a parks employee. Well, you know, if you have five of them, you're going to have to name that employee before, you know, on, on the executive session. You don't have to go into detail about what you're going to talk about, but you do have to say we're entering into executive session you know, to discuss the employment of, you know, Bob Smith or whoever the employee is. Right. And, and they don't a lot of times want to do that, but th- there's honestly no way around that. And in, in a town form of government where right. they make the ultimate decision, and the city manager, you know, uh, city, the council should not be making employment decisions. So um, unless it's an, an appointed official, maybe, who has a contract with, with the council. Sometimes the city attorney works directly for the city council. The city manager works directly for the city council. So the only time you would really see HR issues on a, on an agenda would be in those two situations. Right. Sometimes city judge. Um, absolutely. Well, um, the Oklahoma Municipal Management Services uh, website is okmms.org. Org, and they have a sample agenda that you can view. You don't have to be a member of uh, OMMS to get that. And also, as a benefit for the members, if you'd like your agenda re- uh, reviewed or you'd like to talk to them about best practices for a framework for your meeting, um, you can contact uh, the Columbia Municipal Management Services through the website. Susie, thanks for having us on Agendas today. We appreciate the, yeah, the time. Great. Thanks yeah, for listening. Thank you. Thanks for listening to OMAG All Access. We hope you can take something away from this podcast that will help your city or town. You can find more information about OMAG on our website at www.omag.org or on our Facebook page. Thanks for listening. If you have questions or ideas for a podcast topic, please send them to all access at omag.org. What is your legal level of control? Because that's the point at which if you go over, then you have committed 
uh, an illegal act. Uh -oh. So you need to know that. This episode is copyright OMAG 2020 under the Creative Commons 4.0 Attribution, Non-Commercial, Non-Derivatives International License. For more information, please visit creativecommons.org.